We hope you enjoy this message and that it encourages and inspires you. For more information, head to lifepointwithane.org.au. Now this morning, a really serious topic that I want to speak about. And I think it's something that we don't speak about enough and we really need to listen. In our Battle Ready series, we've got to the point where I want to talk about spiritual warfare. And it's not something that we need to take lightly because the devil has done everything he can to try and hide it, to pretend it doesn't happen, to pretend it's not there so that we are oblivious to what he's trying to do. So I want to pray this morning that the Lord might open your spiritual eyes to what the devil is trying to do in your life to hinder you from being the person that God has called you to be, hindering you from being the Christian that you're called to be, and hindering you from fighting the battle that you need to fight because that's what the enemy is trying to do. And the moment he stops that, he's won because he knows eventually he's defeated, but he wants to win the battles in our lives. And so often we sit back and we let him do it. Let me pray and let me ask God to just illumine you to what the enemy is trying to do. Heavenly Father, I ask this morning that Holy Spirit, you would just let shafts of light touch our minds, our spirits, our souls, so that we'll become really aware of where the enemy is trying to entrap us and stopping us from reaching the potential that we've been called to in Jesus Christ. I pray, Lord, that you'd just break the powers of darkness. You'd break the veil that he's got over our eyes, over our minds. I pray, Lord, we'll see things as they really are and we'll really receive all that we have from the risen Lord Jesus Christ. So we give you glory, we give you power, we give you honour, Lord, and say thank you for what you're going to do in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. When Jesus calls us to follow Him, you know, today, the message seems to come across, when Jesus calls us to follow Him, that's just so we'll get into heaven. I'm a Christian, I'm gonna get to heaven when I die, and that's it, that's what it's all about. But I wanna remind you today, when Jesus calls you to follow Him, He calls you in a battle. You've been engaged in a war. If you said yes to Jesus, you have been engaged in a spiritual war that you have been called into to fight for the kingdom of God. And there's an expectation from God that we lean into Him and His power and His authority and fight the spiritual battle that He has called us to fight. God knows you, God knows your heart and you have been called for such a time as this. If you're here today, if you're a Christian, if you're on this planet right now and you're a Christian, God has got a plan, God has got a purpose and you're here for a reason and may I say, God needs you. God needs us to open up our spiritual eyes in the midst of what's going on and do what He wants us to do for the sake of His kingdom. It's so easy for us to get lured into everything else we, we see as we look around when there's wars, yep, when there's a China issue, when there's um, inflation issues, when there's um, house prices 
going chaotic, when there's loan repayments going mental, when, when we don't know, is there going to be another way of COVID? There's so much happening and it's so easy to focus on that. But I want to say clearly, as I see the Word of God, that God has got a plan and purpose for us in the midst of this. We are called for such a time as this to be the church. Paul puts it like this in Ephesians. He he talks about relationships. He's talking about relationships with husbands and wives. He's talking about relationships with kids and parents. He's talking about relationships with bosses and employees and slaves and masters and stuff like that. And in the midst of that, he launches into this. He says, finally, Christians, be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. He's saying, be strong in the Lord. It's not about how much money you've got. It's not about how good you are. It's not about what you can do. He's saying, finally, above everything else, I need you to be strong in your relationship with Jesus, that you know Jesus, that you walk with Him, that you are rooted and grounded in Him and in love. He says, put on the full armour of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. The devil is scheming against you. That's his job. He and his demons, they scheme against us to hurt us, to put us down, to take us off the path that God wants us to get on to. They do everything they can to stop us from being the people that God has called us to be. He says, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but it's against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. So often we think we're fighting other people. We're thinking we're fighting other people's attitudes. But when we start to pray, we realise it's a spiritual battle and the battle needs to be won in the heavenlies through prayer. Then we see something change. If you have trouble with someone, a relationship with someone else, start praying about it. Start praying and asking God to clear it up, asking God to break down what the enemy is trying to do so the doors can be open and you can win it here on the heavenly realm because it's the devil playing like he can to try and stop you and hinder you. Have you ever walked into a room and thought, that person doesn't like me? Or you're a bit tentative with someone and you think, oh, there they are. They're talking about me. And then you get angry and you get annoyed. They're not talking about you at all. The devil just makes it look as though they are. And that's how he works. And that's how he schemes. So we have to be so aware of what the enemy is trying to do. Now, he hasn't changed his plan at all in the last thousands and thousands of years. He's continuing to stop God's people from stepping up to reach their potential and be who he's called them to be. I want to go to Exodus chapter 1 and just read a little bit about what happened there. And I want you to see the parallels between back there and exactly what is happening now. Here's the story, reading from verse 6. Now Joseph and his brothers and all that generation died. But the Israelites were exceedingly faithful. They multiplied greatly, increased in numbers and became so numerous that the land was filled with them. So the Israelites, these are, these are God's people. These are God's chosen people and they're multiplying and they're growing as you would expect as people trust and follow Jesus. But a new king, Pharaoh, of whom Joseph met nothing, he knew nothing about Joseph, came to power in Egypt. Look, he said, look at these people, the Israelites. They've become far too numerous for us. 
Come, we must deal shrewdly with them or they will become even more numerous. And if war breaks out, they will join our enemies. They'll fight against us and they'll leave this country. So he's worried. He realised that there was power in these people. He realised that God's blessing was with these people. So as a very smart and shrewd leader, this is what he did. So he put slave masters over them to impress them with forced labour. And they built store cities for Pharaoh. But the more they oppressed them, the more they multiplied and spread. So the Egyptians came to dread the Israelites and worked them ruthlessly. They made their lives bitter and harsh in labour, working with brick and mortar and with all kinds of work in the fields, in all harsh labour, the Egyptians worked them ruthlessly. The king of Egypt said to the Hebrew midwives, when you're helping the Hebrew women during childbirth on the delivery stool, if you see a baby boy, I want you to kill them. But if it's a girl, let them live. The midwives, however, feared God and did not do what the king of Egypt had told them to do, but they let the boys live. Then the king of Egypt summoned the midwives and asked them, why have you done this? Why have you let the boys live? Read the rest for yourself. Quite an interesting story. But I wanna say what happened back then, you had these people who God wanted to bless, who God anointed, who were powerful people, they didn't realise who they were because of being so busy and so distracted. So what the enemy's trying to do back there, I believe is the same thing that he's doing right now. He deceived them. Through their ignorance, he deceived these people. They became more numerous, but their eyes were off who they really were. They didn't see the blessing of God. They didn't see the power of God. They were believing a lie that they were created to work hard and to slave for the Egyptians when truly God had chosen them to step up and see who they were in God. And we find that later on as Moses leads them out so beautifully and so powerfully. I suggest today that the church of Jesus Christ across our nation and Christ our world is believing a lie. We're believing that we don't have power. We're believing that we don't have authority. We're being told over and over again that the church is weak. We're being told in the media that the church is doing nothing. We're even told in the census, all the kerfuffle about the census question about are you religious? Now, a lot of people wouldn't have ticked that because they were Christian, not religious, so it wouldn't have got ticked. There's been a whole television program done on this very issue. But when we look at it, the outcomes of it, that 44% of people in Australia identify as Christians in the last census, that's 44%, that's amazing. That's amazing and I think we've got to start to celebrate and cheer what God is doing. 44% of people in Australia said, yep, I identify as a Christian. Let's go back to the dark ages. Hardly anyone. Let's go to Elijah on Mount Carmel. There was just one. We have 44% people saying, I identify with being a Christian. The devil wants us to think it's two. 
The devil wants us to think there's only a couple. Man, that's almost half of Australia saying, yes, I want to see God. I want to see being a Christian country in some way or another. The devil works so hard to stop us from realising that we are the people of God. Remember who you belong to. Is there anything that God can't do? He can do anything. Let's start believing that. The Bible says, with God, all things are possible. He showed us so much when Jesus is in a boat with his disciples and the wind and the waves started to really get bad. What did he do? He just rebuked the wind and the waves and said, be still. He demonstrated to us that he has the power and he has the authority over the stuff of this world. And if we are followers of Jesus, the same spirit that's in him is in us. And he says to us, do not be under this world, but be over it. Realise that there's a place for us that we need to be salt and light in the midst of what's going on. Don't step back and say, there's nothing I can do. There is so much that I can do because I need to get my eyes back on who we are. We are God's people. We are people that have been created for eternity. We are people that have the privilege of knowing God. Do you ever stop and think, God, why did you call me? God, what it is is a privilege. When I'm sitting with a non-Christian, I just think, God, what an absolute privilege it is today to know you. I know what it means for the blood of Jesus to cleanse me from my sins. I know what it is to have the hope for eternity. I know what it is to pray and know that God hears my prayer. I know that all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me because of Jesus. And there is that power and that authority to make a difference in every circumstance, in every situation. We have the authority pray for healing. We've got the authority to pray and change a nation. We've got the authority to to cast out demons in Jesus' Name. We've got the authority to set captives free. We've got the authority in Jesus to see marriages put together and people made whole. That's the authority that we have in God. And I think sometimes the devil doesn't want us to remember that. He wants us to forget about it. When was the last time you prayed for a marriage to be whole? When was the last time you talked to someone you said, let's pray about that and you believe that in praying about it, you have added another dimension to what was just spoken about and the power of God is present and able to make an incredible, amazing difference. That's who we are. I remind you this morning who we are. We are children of God. We are the church. We are the ecclesia. We are the called out ones by the power of God to speak hope and life into a nation that is going back. We are called by God for such a time as this. He's plonked you on this planet at this place to say, get back into the war. Get back there and start fighting because I think so many Christians have stopped fighting. They've given up. They've looked at it. They believed all the news. They believed all the negativity and they've given up. They've stopped praying. When the church stops praying, we lose its power. When the church starts praying, we see the whole power of God and Him make an incredible difference. Let me remind you this morning that you are a child of the living God and you have every bit of hope there can possibly be to make a difference in every single situation. The people back then didn't realise that. No one preached it. No one told them. No one reminded them 
that they were so much powerful than the nation that they were living in and the leader that they were following. Let that sink in. Let that sink in. You are the church. Congratulations, guys. All power, authority has been given to you. God wants you to use it. The second thing the enemy did, he dominated them. Now, this isn't happening today. This is just an old thing. But he dominated them, how? By busyness. They were so busy. Their life was so busy. They made them so busy that they didn't have time to reflect on who they were. They didn't have time to gather together and talk about vision and hope. They didn't have time to get together and pray. They were so busy, hard labour. They were making these cities. They were working on the fields and they worked them so hard and kept their eyes stuck on earthly things. So they put slave masters over them to oppress them with forced labour. They were so busy. It's not happening today, is it? Do you know what's getting me really annoyed? My life is busy. <laughs> Here's a big confession coming out, guys. My life is really busy. My time in the car used to be my time with God. I never put the radio on. I needed to put some worship music on or have time with God. But I found Siri. Siri is so great in the car, hands-free, I can talk to her on the phone and I can send my text messages so I have more time now because when I'm driving from A to B, I can actually message people to save me having to get my finger out and do all this sort of stuff. I can message them. And I'm getting really frustrated with myself because now rather than having that time in the car with me and Jesus, it's me, Jesus and all the text messages that I'm trying to catch up on because I haven't had time to get them before I'm heading off home. I was really challenged. I had Kaiden in the back, my grandson Kaiden and I had a great day together last week. And as, as we're driving around, we're heading up to Noosa. On the way to Noosa, here he is sitting in the back of the car and I promised him we'd go to Hungry Jack's and we'd get a um, strawberry shake and that was really special. But Hungry Jack's was back here at um, Maroochydore and we were heading towards Noosa. So he had a few snacks around. So here I am driving, he's in the back seat. He said, I'm thirsty, Granddad. He said, you got your water there, have a drink of water. Here he is drinking his water, he said, oh no, oh no, Granddad. I said, what, Kaiden? I've dropped my water. I've dropped my water, I'm thirsty, Granddad. I'm thirsty, Granddad. I couldn't pull over, I'm on the motorway. That was okay, I said, you got your biscuits there, Kaidi. Have your biscuits. So he starts to eat a biscuit. Oh no, Granddad, oh no, Granddad. What, Kaidi? I've dropped my biscuits. I couldn't believe this. I couldn't believe, I had some chips. I had some chips beside me. Kaidi, I've got a packet of chips. I managed to open them and I handed the chips around to him and that was great. Next minute, do you know what happened? Oh no, Granddad, I've dropped my chips. And by this time, I was hysterical. I was absolutely hysterical. So I thought it was so funny that I actually text Anna, as Anna who wasn't there, I said, Siri, text Anna. And I told her what was happening. It was so funny and so hilarious. And she sees the humour in that because it happens to her all the time. And my question was, do you normally pull over and fix up the situation or do I wait till I get to Bunnings and, and then do that? And obviously the answer come back, just keep going, he won't die. <laughs> that was great. Story goes on, we get to finally get back to um, Hungry Jacks and then Hungry Jacks, I get him a, a, his amazing strawberry shake, which is a new thing, which he loves and that's great. We get back in the car and here we are in the car heading home and he said, paper straws? Oh, my straw's not working. 
the straw's not working. I can't get the stuff through my straw. I said, oh, Kaiden, just try and push it the other way and try and do it. And he said, my straw's not working, Granddad. This was a very bad day for him. My straw's not working. So finally I said, turn your straw, pull it out, turn your straw around and try it. He said, you know what, Granddad? My straw's working. Quick, tell Siri that my straw's working. (laughs) He missed the whole point of what Siri was about. It wasn't about her. It was about what she could do. Guys, I think the church has missed the real story about the power of God and what He can do. Because we're so focused and so entrenched and so distracted on other things. And there's so much in this world to distract us that our eyes are no longer on Jesus, but our eyes are stuck on earthly things that we don't have time to charge our spiritual battles, that we no longer have time to sit with God and to hear His heart, to understand that there's a spiritual world and I need to charge my spiritual battles if I'm going to be a great warrior in this world. Well, I've got to know what it means to be spiritual charged, to know what it is to stop, to have a quiet time, to take a pause, to hear the power of God, to hear God speak to me again, to take control of my time and start to say, God, rather than just go the way the world wants me to do, I want to start to know You more and trust You more. And I think that is a mighty challenge because the devil's trying to stop us from getting there. The devil's trying to stop us from realising once again that God's power and authority will make a difference. That as we pray and as we hold up people before God, things will change. That God's power is for today, for this nation, for us, that we need to take that control back. These guys back then, those centuries ago, did not realise that. So they just went along with everything that was happening. God's calling us to step forward. And the last thing, so first of all, He deceived them through their ignorance. They they had took their eyes off who they were. The next thing he did, he dominated them through their busyness. Their eyes were just on the stuff of the world and pleasing the world and achieving in this world, forgetting that God would look after them. And the third thing that happened, he distracted them as they spread out, they put their eyes on themselves. They thought, it's just about me. It's just, I've just got me to pacify, me to please. And I think the same thing's happening today. It's just about me. The church doesn't matter. Prayer with other people don't matter. Coming into church and worshipping my heart out doesn't matter. And I know there's reasons at times that we can't get here. And I know that through COVID, it's been very difficult. And for everyone lying to fully understand how at times you can't be here. But if you can't be here, please don't forget about the body. Connect with someone else. It's so important to be connected. Church is about us fighting this battle together. We're in here, we're together. The devil's so busy to tell you it doesn't matter. Your spiritual gift doesn't matter. You know, your spiritual gift matters. And what God has put in your heart and your ability, God is wanting you to use it. 
Another confession, this week has been a monstrous week for me. I felt quite ill-prepared this morning. This is my heart, this is my passion I want to preach about. I wish I had more time to put into it. I was concerned about that. I'm saying, God, I'm praying. I'm, and rather than preparing a bit more, God challenged me, just sit with me, Phil. It's not all about what you do, it's who you are in me. That's what you're preaching, so sit with me. So this morning I got up, I just sat with God rather than putting more time in this. God is about who I am in you. It's not about what I can do, it's about what you can do. And as I sat with him, someone gives me a text and said, God's just given me a word. And he said to me, I want you, you've got the power, you've got authority, you just preach it. And that's what spiritual gifts do. When people start to use their spiritual gifts, it starts to empower the body. It starts to raise the body up. It makes a difference. It's about iron sharpens iron. You're in this spiritual battle. You're not gonna get out of it. There's no way of getting out of it. Whatever you do, there's no way of getting out of it once you say yes to Jesus, you're targeted. So let's fight this battle together. Let's stand together strongly as iron sharpens iron together. We convict, we encourage, we motivate, we stimulate one another, we correct one another, we egg others on, we, we lift other people up. Let's together be the body. Let's push him together. Let's encourage one another because man, we're gonna need it as things get tough out there, things get stronger in here. And that's what we need to do. The devil doesn't want us to do that. So he tries to separate us and break us apart. But God is calling us, stand together, be the church. Don't let the devil attack you and just push you off in a corner and then stick his sword in and say, yep, no one thought anything of you anyway. Don't believe the lies. The lies he's sowing today are about fear about everything, fear about the future, fear about invasion, fear about finance, fear about house, fear about family. Can I go on for four hours about the fears that he's put in our hearts? It's about our self-image. Do I look good to everybody else? I don't care how good you look to everybody else. Do you look good to him? That's where it's about. God, I wanna look good to you. And again, this morning, it's all about him. God, if I stepped down from here and I've said what you wanna said, I'm happy. And that's all that matters, to be happy before God. To be entrapped, the enemy wants to entrap us in sin and then say how bad you are. And once he's encouraged you to get in sin, say, well, God hates you now because of how bad you are. God never hates you. He dealt with your sin. The cross dealt with it to set you free. So you're set free. Enjoy the freedom that you have in Jesus. Unanswered prayer, God doesn't love me because he didn't answer my prayer. God loves you. And if God could answer your prayer and would make a difference for eternity and really impact someone, he would do it. He's listening. He's hearing you. He's got an amazing plan, unmet expectations. I expected God to turn up. I expected God to do this. I expected God to give me an easy life. I expected my kids to do this. I expect my parents to do this. I expect my church leaders to do this. We have expectations on everybody else. And then the devil gets in, waits to one of those topples. And when in one of those topples, he said, yep, I told you it wouldn't work. And we believe the lie and said, yep, Hey, there's lots of lies. We've got to go back, confess them and say, God, I believe the lie, the, le- the devil, rather than the truth of what the gospel says about you. And I want to step up, God, and I want to believe you because greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I've run out of time. I could go on and on. I won't go on and on. Let me finish with one story. <laughs> one story. I don't know if many of you know it, but back in the 70s, I played on the national junior basketball team for Western Australia. Now would be a great time for our worship team to come up. And we won the national championships. 
Now I could leave it like that and walk off the stage and you'd go, wow. But I wanna add to that, I've never in my life played basketball. How was it so? Because my cousin, he was in that team. And I was visiting my cousin over in Western Australia and I went to watch him this particular night when the championships were being played. His name is Rory and he was playing it. And they were one member short on their team. And if they didn't have a full team to walk onto that um, court to start with, they forfeit the game and they've lost. So he comes racing over to me and said, Phil, would you just put on a jersey? All you have to do is stand there. All you have to do is stand there and that means we can play the game. You can walk off once we start and please do that. Don't stay on there. That was encouraging. <laughs> Make sure you walk out off because you get in the way. Oh, come on. But the very fact I said yes and I was willing to step on the court made all the difference. And I want to tell you this morning, the very fact that you're willing to say yes to Jesus and take a step for Him is gonna make all the difference. I can boast about, oh, without me, they would never have won. Do you believe that? Without me, they never would have won. Wow, I'm really important. I wanna to say to you this morning, without you, the Church of Jesus Christ will not be what God wants it to be. Without you stepping up, without you stepping by faith, the church will never be what God has created to be because He saved you for such a time as this and He saved you to be part of the body of the church so you can be what the church needs it to be, to make an impact, to make an incredible transformation to a world that's completely going out of control. So can I invite you to stand? Take a stand, you are in this war, you're part of this war, and I really believe today that it's time for us to lean into God, to hear His heart more, to hear what He wants, to be the people that God wants us to be by spending time with Him, by listening to Him, by connecting with other Christians, by getting back to prayer, to have my own quiet time where really I'm hearing God speaking to my heart that I come on Sunday mornings with hearts full. I walked in this morning and worship, I usually hear when worship starts, but I was running a little bit late because I was talking to someone. I was walking in and I need to say as I walked in and worship had started and I looked around and thought, did they mean it? I could see the church band worshiping with all the heart, but I looked around and thought, oh, People weren't engaged. People weren't saying, God, it's my time with you. I'm God here, I'm with the church. I'm gonna worship you and everything. It was just as though, oh, well, I guess it's gonna start when the preacher gets up to preach. God's called us to worship Him, to sing praises to His Name, to honour Him, to be the church, to be excited about who He's called us to be. He's called us for such a time as this. And guys, don't let the devil get you down. Don't let the devil lie to you. Now's the time for the church to shine. This last song we're gonna sing, every single person needs to sing it with everything they've got. Every single person needs to declare these words because these words are about speaking Jesus. Speaking Jesus into the situation, speaking Jesus across our nation. And when we come to speaking Jesus for our family, I think we've got to cheer and we've got to clap and sort of say, God, no matter what, I'm going to pray Jesus over my family because I want to pray Jesus over my kids and my grandkids and my great-grandkids and my great-great-grandkids. I want to pray Jesus over these kids 
because that's the only hope they've got. It's Jesus. So let's declare these words. God, this morning, we wanna speak Jesus. Lord, You are the hope of the world. We speak Your Name. We declare Your goodness. We declare Your authority. We declare Your power. And God, we say that You, who began a good work, You defeated the powers of darkness. You've set captives free. And God, we wanna get into this battle. We wanna fight with everything we've got because Jesus, You are the victor. You are the King. You are the great I am. And we worship You and we praise You in Jesus' mighty Name. Amen.